on a mission. It's a mission to turn our world upside down. That happens when people hear the good news of Jesus. So get ready for God to turn you upside down. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Jesus spoke those words about 2,000 years ago. He was speaking to his 12 disciples. He was speaking especially to the 11 who remained loyal to him. For three and a half years, Jesus lived with these men. They walked hundreds of miles together. They ate countless meals. They listened to Jesus' teaching and freely asked him questions. These disciples became Jesus' closest friends. Jesus repeatedly said that he loved them as his friends, as his male friends. No machismo, no homophobo, no dumbo there, no headphono either, if you remember those dementors discussed in the previous episode. Jesus literally loved his guy friends, this close-knit band of brothers known as disciples. He told them that out of his love for them, he would even die for them. And after speaking those words on the next day, Jesus was killed on that cross. Why? So that the faults and failures of those men, his beloved friends, would be paid for. Jesus would take their sin as his sin, and Jesus would take their punishment. In a real sense, it's in Jesus that we learn the deepest value of friendship, that Jesus has given his own life for us for us as his friends. Instead of us having to die physically, spiritually, and eternally, Jesus died for us as payment for our sin, our faults, and our failures. As we trust in Jesus as our atoning sacrifice, God forgives us all our sin. On the deepest level then, Jesus is our greatest friend, our best friend. You know, all of us need love. We not only need love from parents or love from a spouse, we need to know love from God, our Creator. And He's the only one who gives life meaning and purpose. Our search for friends, for deeper friends, for truly loving friends, is on some level a search for God. Someone to fill our need for love, for ultimate love, for deep friendship, for full acceptance. Now, it's possible to turn human friendships into a kind of idol, a kind of secondary God. We can idolize friendship just as we can idolize marriage or having children. All those are good things, of course, but they're not the ultimate thing that gives meaning to life. Ultimately, only being a friend of God, a friend of Jesus, will do that. If you're not yet following Jesus, trusting in Him, won't you consider that? Jesus says, Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. True and deep friendship starts by experiencing the love of Jesus, the love of God through Jesus. As we experience Jesus' friendship, we then are able to befriend others in a more authentic way. Once we know his love, then we can show love to other people in a more honest and authentic way. So, for example, we learn about grace in our friendship with Jesus. Though we don't deserve Jesus' love, he gives that to us anyway. And we learn this is not deal-making or bartering. Jesus, I'll do something for you, and then you have to save me. You have to do something for me. No. Jesus freely gave his life as payment for our sin, 
That's the meaning of grace. Not earning or deserving anything, but Jesus freely giving it to us. Experiencing God's grace in Jesus, then, we learn how to show grace in our friendships. We learn more and more how to be gracious and giving to our friends. We learn, for example, that verse in the Bible that says love covers up many sins. That's a Bible verse, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. When we truly love our friend, when he does something irritating, our love for him covers it over. We're simply able to let it go. And in Jesus' friendship to us, we also learn how to forgive our friends. I think a lot of male friendships come to an end because many men are simply unwilling to forgive. Unwilling to forgive or they don't know how to forgive their friends. Now, I'm not talking here about toxic friendships. That's a whole other thing. I'm talking here about ordinary good friendships, quality friendships. And in every good friendship, there will be some misunderstandings from time to time. Your friend can say something to you that offends you. Sometimes you get into an argument of some time. And sadly, what was a good friendship just sort of comes to an end. That's a big problem with many male friendships. Neither guy wants to forgive the other or even knows how to go about forgiving. But as we experience God's grace and forgiveness through Jesus, then we learn gradually how to extend that same forgiveness to others, including our male friends. Colossians 3 verse 13 says this, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Guys can say very strongly, I'm not going to talk to that guy until he apologizes. The apology never comes, and so the friendship ends. But look, did God say to you, I won't forgive you until you first realize your sin, until you apologize to me? No, God took the initiative. In some way, he forgave us on the cross 2,000 years ago already, long before we were born. God showed us grace in Jesus, the one who died for our sin. So in Jesus, we must practice that same grace in forgiving each other. It's a basic key for maintaining friendships. Here's another thing that happens when we realize Jesus is our ultimate friend. Jesus urges us to join with his other friends, his spiritual band of brothers and sisters. That's the church. We must join with a group of fellow believers. Then together we worship God, together we're praying to God, we're singing, we're learning from his word. For us men especially, the church gives us a a zone of safety for practicing friendship. The church gives us a zone of safety for practicing friendship. Church is a great place to practice friendship with other guys. Because you see my friend at church, he's reading the Bible and he's practicing it, so then he has to show me grace. He has to forgive me when I fail him or when I say something stupid. And I have to do the same thing for him. So in the church, and especially in small groups in the church, we're given the opportunity to practice and deepen our friendships. Now, of course, not every guy at church is going to become my close friend. Remember the four levels of friendship from the previous episode? I drew that pyramid of friendship from lowest basic level to the most advanced level. The lowest levels of friendship are acquaintances and casual friendships. Most guys in church will 
be that, acquaintances and casual friends, and we'll stay at that level. That's fine. None of us has the energy or the time to go deeper with every friend. But hopefully, over time, there'll be three or four or five guys who become our close friends, beyond being an acquaintance or a casual friend. And maybe one or two who become, over time, an intimate friend, that together we attain that highest level of friendship. And what does friendship look like on those deeper levels? Well, imagine a small group of guys who are meeting together as a small group in the church. They've learned to fully trust each other and to share some of their deepest joys and sorrows. They keep confidentiality. And so eventually in that group of close friends, one guy will admit that he has a struggle with lust, particularly that he's lusting for that one woman who works in his office. And he wants his close friends, his guy friends, to be praying for him, that he will continue to recognize that lust as sin, that he'll continue to repent of it, that he'll continue to seek God's way. And he'll ask that they, as his friends, will hold him accountable. What a deep level of honesty. What authenticity. Over time, in these groups, a very close bond of friendship gets even closer, even tighter. The church provides good opportunities for the deepening of male friendships. Well, let me go on now to give five things that each of us can do practically right now to deepen our male friendships or to move from casual friendship into the category of close friendship. I'm taking these five things from the book, Breaking the Male Code. It's subtitled, Unlocking the Power of Friendship. It's written by psychotherapist and professor Dr. Robert Garfield. I've referred to this book in the last episode. Now, he's not writing as a believer, and I don't agree with everything in his book. But overall, I think it's the one of the more helpful books out there about men and their male friends. A first point is this. To deepen your friendships, stay in regular contact. Stay in regular contact. It's so obvious, it shouldn't even have to be mentioned, that for any friendship and for deepening friendships, we have to maintain regular contact. Over the years, I can see which male friends of mine just sort of drifted away. Neither of us were angry with each other. Each of us had enjoyed each other's company, but little by little, we just drifted apart because we didn't make a commitment to stay in regular contact. Oh, we can use the excuse, the busyness of life, but we're all busy, aren't we? Apart from putting in our work hours, we're really in control of most of our time. We decide where we're going to spend our time, especially in our early adult years or when we're just married before children arrive. And then later on, at a later stage in adulthood, usually in our 50s, as children are grown up. It's especially during that early stage and the later stage of adulthood that we have lots of control of our free time. I think of myself. Almost every morning I spend maybe 30 or 45 minutes reading the news online. And after that I can spend another 30 or 45 minutes reading news on the stock market. Later in the day, I might spend an hour playing solitaire online, checking social media. No, it's not every day, but many days, there easily is spent two, two and a half hours just sort of 
frittered away. Hours that I could be doing better things, including working on my male friendships. I could give a call to a buddy. I could go for a walk with him. I could hang out with a friend that I haven't seen for a while. I could send an email or a text to someone. So keep in regular contact with your good friends. Make it a priority. How about doing that today? Make a list of your male friends and identify those you haven't seen in a while. And call them or text them. Arrange something. A workout at the gym, a pickup basketball game, a card game, playing some video games, or just hanging out somewhere. A second point. Make your conversations count. Make your conversations count. Now, we all need some general chit-chat, just talking about our favorite team or about the weather or what's going on in the office. But do some thinking about it. Before you meet up with your friend, think of something a bit deeper that you can bring up as the conversation continues, something you might ask him on a more personal level, or something you might want to share about yourself, something good that's recently happened, or something not so good. And then at some point in the conversation, be willing to share that item. Talk about that deeper thing. You see, that time together with your friend is not merely for hanging out. And all that's good, especially guys. They need just some of that hanging out time. But use part of that time to try to go a bit deeper. Take the opportunity to deepen your friendship in those moments. Look, you could even say this to your male friend. (laughs) Say, I was listening to a podcast recently about men and their male friends. It said that most men don't have enough friends, at least not close friends. How is that with you? Do you have friends? Uh, What helps you make friends? What do you appreciate in friends? My guess is that those kinds of questions will work quite well in the conversation. And then all you do is have to listen to his answers. You know, one of my close friends told me, Yeah, I have guys I hang out with. They're old school buddies, but I can go just so far. I really can't go that deep with them. So here's an action step. Yes, maintain regular contact, set up visits with your male friends, but then be intentional about the conversation. Go a bit deeper than usual. A third suggestion. Add fresh rituals to your routine. This is one of Dr. Garfield's practical steps to help deepen friendships. He says, add fresh rituals to your routine. By that he means that we're such creatures of habit. We go to the same coffee shops, the same pub, the same gym. We, we see the same guys in those same places. So, he says, get a bit creative. Uh, think outside the box. Sometimes just being in a different physical space can add a whole new dimension to your friendship. It can give you a whole new shared experience. And sometimes in a new environment, it's actually easier to have a deeper conversation. One guy I know really loves to go fishing. He really feels at peace sitting out on a lake, sitting in a rowboat, even if the fish aren't biting. And he tells me that when he does that with a friend, he gets to feel so much closer to that friend, just in that different setting, on that calm lake. During this time of coronavirus, especially this summer and early fall, I've taken some walks with some of my guy friends, hiking along a trail, 
tall trees towering overhead, cliffs and steep drop-offs. We've even hiked to a couple of waterfalls along the trails. Amazing. I never knew about those places. And then as followers of Jesus, those hikes have given us opportunity to talk more about our faith, about God. Uh, We talk about the power of God, how beautifully he's made his creation. Uh, We talk about deeper things going on spiritually in our own lives. With hiking, we, we have extra time to talk and to talk when we want. Hiking also gives space to be quiet. You know, you can't sit and be quiet with your friend in a coffee shop or in a pub. I mean, if you sat there and didn't say anything for three or four minutes, well, that would be weird. But when you're hiking, especially along a a vigorous, narrow trail, one following the other, three or four minutes of silence doesn't feel weird at all. And it gives you some extra time to process what your friend just told you. It gives you time to think about what you want to ask next or what you want to share. Just having a new ritual, a fresh ritual to your routine, gives you the potential to deepen your friendships. Maybe try working on a home remodeling project with your buddy, or getting under the hood of a car, or I don't know, whatever you enjoy doing, and you know someone is up for the challenge, even if you aren't that good of it. Good at it. It gives you a new setting, a new opportunity to share an experience and to deepen your friendship. Fourth, practice everyday loyalty. Practice everyday loyalty. When guys are asked what they mean by having a close friend, Dr. Garfield has discovered that usually they'll say, well, it's someone who has my back, someone who I know will be there for me when I need him, someone I can count on, that I can call him even at the middle of the night. Male friendships seem to be rooted in being loyal. But here's the challenge. How many of us men dare to tell our friends that we need help, or that we need their encouragement, or that we could use a helping hand for some project? Dr. Garfield and his associates started what they called Friendship Labs, a group of men who came together under their care, and they talked about their male friendships, and they practiced some new ways of building friendships and deepening friendships. One man in the group named Bob was a 50-year-old real estate entrepreneur. Bob was a caring kind of guy, warm, empathetic, well-liked in the group. And over the weeks, Bob was sharing how he had been helping so many people in need. In a way, he said, he was actually an over-giving kind of person. He often over-helped. He was being such a friend to others. But with all that constant helping, he found that he had very few friends to help him. So when Bob scheduled a knee replacement surgery, Bob said this to his group. I haven't even told my wife about it, not even my friends. And the guys in the friendship lab asked, why didn't you tell us? He said, well, I just don't want to put anyone out. You see, he's a giver, he's a helper, but as a result, he hasn't built many friendships. Now, I can identify with that. As a pastor for about 35 years now, most of my life has been about helping and giving to others and expending myself to those in need, almost around the clock. Isn't that God's calling upon me as a pastor? But over the years, I've stepped back and I've asked myself, who's checking in with me to find out if I need help? Do I even have friends who will check on me, seeing how I'm doing? Now, men will say that they want to depend on their friends, and they can depend on their good friends for everything, that their good friends will have their back. 
But look, friends can only have our backs when they know our situation, when they know what we're going through. And if we're not in regular contact, and if we're not sharing our needs or our struggles, well, what can we expect? We men especially have to learn how to ask for help and keep our friends in the loop, letting them know what's going on so that they will check in. Dr. Garfield gives a long list of ways to deepen friendships. I'm only sharing here what I think are some of the most important things. And here's a fifth thing. It's, it's very brief and it's just a final thing to mention. Treat your friendships as long-term investments. Treat your friendships as long-term investments. As I said earlier, a hobby of mine is studying the stock market and researching individual stocks. And they say that the biggest mistake rookies can make in the stock market is buying and selling too quickly. Warren Buffett, the so-called oracle from Omaha, does just the opposite. He's held on to many stocks for 20 or 30 or even 40 years. For Buffett, these are long-term investments. We should treat our best friendships as long-term investments. And the longer the friendship continues, usually the deeper it will go. And the more valuable it becomes over time. That is, if you're intentional about it. Unlike stock certificates, friendships can't just be put in a drawer, tucked away, forgotten. Rather, we must continually invest in them. Invest in your friendships. Work to deepen them. So how about it? How about making some new investments in your friendship holdings today? Call up a friend, ask how he's doing, and make some plans to see him soon. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Randall. This podcast is produced by my brothers in Christ, Dennis and Moses. Won't you tell your friends about us? We're Mission Upside Down. Thank you.